This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 108 A Sitcom Review in Chronological Order From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, Announcer Bot, and welcome to The Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. We're moving on to 1982, which included new cable networks CNN Headline News and The Weather Channel. Brian Gumbel begins a 15-year Today Show run. Letterman begins his NBC late-night run. During an NFL strike, CBS airs Division III college games. Cindy Williams leaves Laverne and Shirley, while Vanna White arrives on Wheel of Fortune. Taxi switches from ABC to NBC for a final season. New non-sitcoms, T.J. Hooker, Knight Rider, Remington Steele, and St. Elsewhere. One of the Boys premiered on NBC on January 23, 1982, at 8 p.m. Not to be confused with another NBC sitcom of the same name in 1989, which we will get to, this series stars movie legend Mickey Rooney and future SNL legend Dana Carvey as a granddad and grandson, with the younger inviting the elder to move out of the old folks' home and into his college apartment. There's also another roommate, played by Nathan Lane, yes, that Nathan Lane, and a girlfriend, played by Meg Ryan, yes, that Meg Ryan. Francine Beers plays a widowed neighbor with Scatman Crothers as Mickey's buddy. Now, we covered Mickey Rooney all the way back in Episode 10 for his eponymous sitcom, Scatman Crothers in Episode 73 for Chico and the Man, and we'll cover Nathan Lane for his starring sitcom, 16 Years From Now. Dana Carvey started as a stand-up, and one of the boys was one of his first roles. He would move on to Blue Thunder before SNL and the movies, Wayne's World, The Road to Wellville, Little Nicky, Jack and Jill, with voice work on The Secret Life of Pets. Carvey won an Emmy for SNL out of six nominations and had an eponymous variety show which launched the careers of Stephen Colbert, Steve Carell, and Robert Spiegel. By the 2000s, he mostly stepped back from showbiz. Meg Ryan was studying to be a journalist while doing some TV commercial work when she got a role on As the World Turns with one of the boys coming the next year. A role on Wildside was her last TV work before becoming a sought-after film actor. Top Gun, Inner Space, The Presidio, When Harry Met Sally with a Golden Globe nomination, Joe vs. the Volcano, her first film with Tom Hanks, Sleepless in Seattle, a second Golden Globe nomination, Courage Under Fire, You've Got Mail, a third Golden Globe nomination, Kate and Leopold, and by the mid-2000s, Ryan had moved to indie films as well as producing. Francine Beer's sister was in the Ziegfeld Follies, but Francine started in advertising before leaving to become an actress. She appeared in Broadway's Six Rooms Riverview and Soap the Edge of Night before One of the Boys. She would go on to play a judge on Law and Order and appear in films Three Men and a Baby and Keeping the Faith. Beers retired in 2007. You would think with such a cast that One of the Boys would be a big hit, but you would be wrong. It lasted all of 13 episodes, with the pilot bizarrely shown at the end. 
TV Guide ranked it number 24 in its 50 worst shows of all time in 2002. Only found some clips on YouTube. The cartoon-based opening theme is goofy. Boy, does Nathan Lane look young here. Carvey does a lot of impressions. Rooney mugs a lot. I'm sure the cast is happy it can't easily be found. Police Squad in color. Starring Leslie Nielsen. Also starring Alan North. And Rex Hamilton as Abraham Lincoln. Police Squad premiered on ABC on March 4th, 1982 at 8 p.m. The producing team from Airplane goes into television doing a send-up of the police action series. Leslie Nielsen plays Detective Frank Drebin, a hard-nosed cop with a talent to ignore constant sight gags and puns. His boss is played by Alan North with Peter Lupus as an officer, Ed Williams as a police scientist, with William Duell as Johnny the Snitch. Of course, we haven't talked about Leslie Nielsen before. Until the film Airplane, he was considered to be a dramatic actor, but this show and the resulting film series gave him a second career. He was born in Canada, his father was a Mountie, and Leslie was an aerial gunner for the Royal Canadian Air Force during World War II, despite being legally deaf. He then moved from a disc jockey job to getting a scholarship at the Neighborhood Playhouse in New York City. Summer stock in the actor's studio led to early live TV drama, 46 different shows in 1950 alone. A role in the film The Vagabond King led him to Forbidden Planet, which got him an MGM contract. Nielsen wasn't a fan of the roles he got there and did not re-up, instead getting the lead in Disney's Swamp Fox, part of the wonderful world of Disney. Other regular or recurring TV roles, Lights Out, Goodyear Playhouse, Suspense, Tales of Tomorrow, Armstrong Circle Theater, The Web, Craft Theater, Danger, Studio One in Hollywood, Robert Montgomery Presents, The New Breed, Peyton Place, Dr. Kildare, Bob Hope Presents The Chrysler Theater, The Virginian, The Bold Ones, The Protectors, Bracken's World, Kung Fu, and then came Airplane. What's Airplane? A movie I was in, but that's not important right now. From there forward, he moved into comedy, Shaping Up, Due North, Zero Man, his film work includes Tammy and the Bachelor, Day of the Animals, Soul Man, Dracula Dead and Loving It, the Scary Movie franchise, the Naked Gun franchise, and a ton of TV guest roles with 251 IMDb credits in total. Nielsen passed in 2010. Alan North served in the U.S. Navy during World War II before getting a job as a stage manager. He would later get on stage in Broadway's Plain and Fancy, Spotford, and Conversations with My Father. Films include Plaza Suite, Serpico, Highlander, Lean on Me, Glory, and The Long Kiss Goodnight. He followed up Police Squad with regular or recurring roles on Love, Sydney, Tough Cookies, and Family Album, North Past in 2000. Peter Lupus started as a bodybuilder, Mr. Indianapolis, Mr. Indiana, Mr. Hercules, and Mr. International Health Physique. So his first roles were in sword and sandal roles in films Hercules and the Tyrants of Babylon, and Challenge of the Gladiator. He became well-known for his role of Willie on Mission Impossible, his only regular TV role other than Police Squad. 
At one point, he had a gig playing Superman in a series of ads from the Air Force until his nude pics in Playgirl surfaced. At age 75, he lifted 77,560 pounds over the course of 20 minutes, 50 seconds, setting an endurance record. He was replaced in his police squad role in the Naked Gun films by O.J. Simpson. Ed Williams would continue in his police scientist role in the films. He was also a broadcasting and speech teacher at an L.A. college. William Duell graduated from Yale and appeared in Broadway's 1776 as well as the film version. Other stage work, Three Penny Opera, The Ballad of the Sad Cafe, Elia Darling, and A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. He played Knuckles on the PBS Kids Science Show 321 Contact and was in films One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Pope of Greenwich Village, In and Out, and How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Duel passed in 2011. Despite the huge success of the later films, Police Squad the TV show was a flop, running all of six episodes with two burned off the following summer. The ABC president at the time said, The viewer had to watch it in order to appreciate it, meaning you had to pay attention to catch the avalanche of gags. It was a critical hit, though, getting two Emmy noms for Nielsen and for writing. CBS re-ran the series almost a decade later as a tie-in to one of the Naked Gun films, where it still bombed. Like Airplane, Police Squad had specific source material. The series M Squad, the pilot's straight lines and plot came directly from it, along with Racket Squad and The New Breed, which starred Nielsen. Each episode's opening included a special guest star with a Quinn Martin-esque announcer, Hank Sims, the actual QM announcer, who would be killed almost immediately. There was also Rex Hamilton as Abraham Lincoln, shooting it out with John Wilkes Booth. The opening would end with tonight's episode, with the announcer name and the name on screen having nothing to do with each other. Nielsen's character would drive up and hit trash cans with the number based on how many episodes they were in. Each episode ended with the cops getting a final line and laughing, then freezing as if it were a freeze frame. It was all covered by a classic jazz theme. Shockingly, this show is not available to stream, which is why I'm glad I have the DVD set. Baker's Dozen premiered on CBS on March 17, 1982, at 9.30 p.m. A mostly forgotten student of the Barney Miller School showing the lives of an undercover NYPD unit. Ron Silver and Cindy Weintraub play partners in uniform and out. Alan Weeks and Sam McMurray play other cops with Thomas Quinn as the desk sergeant, John Del Regno as the local snitch, and Doris Black as the captain. Alan Weeks made film appearances in Shaft, The French Connection, and Brighton Beach Memoirs. Sam McMurray is a character actor that's been all over TV and film since the 70s, known for his deep voice, with regular or recurring roles on The Edge of Night, Ryan's Hope, The Trenchy Allman Show, Stand By Your Man, Likely Suspects, A League of Their Own, Medicine Ball, Matt Waters, The King of Queens, State of the Union, Scandal, Christella, Devious Maids, and The Fosters, with voice work on Bonkers, Dinosaurs, Batman Beyond, Recess, Hey Arnold, Free for All, The Boondocks, and the Command and Conquer video games. 
and films, Raising Arizona, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, L.A. Story, and Adam's Family Values. Thomas Quinn appeared in films and Justice for All, The Pelican Brief, Major League Two, and Super 8. John Del Regno had a recurring role on Who's the Boss and appeared in the film Born on the Fourth of July. Doris Balak has a well-known face as a character actress for decades, with stage work on Last of the Red Hot Lovers and Social Security, Soaps, One Life to Live in the Edge of Night, recurring or regular roles on Lori Hill, Family Album, and Law and Order, voice work on Doug and Grand Theft Auto 4, films Tootsie, Batteries Not Included, What About Bob, Krippentorf's Tribe, and a ton of TV guest roles. She also played Bernice in the backdoor pilot of Fish. And we covered Ron Silver in episode 72 for Rhoda. Baker's Dozen didn't even get 13 episodes, petering out after a half dozen. I can only find the opening theme online, which is jazzy, and could easily be used on a real detective show. Not very sleek, but he's bright and he's sassy When you're with him, you better leave your cares behind It's Herbie He makes you feel that there's a rainbow waiting just around the bend And if the chips are down, you know he'll help you Herbie the Love Bug premiered on CBS on March 17th, 1982 at 8 p.m. Based on the series of Disney films with Disney mainstay Dean Jones revising his role. He's now a retired race car driver working as a driving instructor. He has a partner, Richard Paul, a girlfriend slash wife, Patricia Hardy, who has three kids played by Claudia Wells, Douglas Emerson, and Nikki Cat. She, in turn, has an ex-boyfriend, Larry Linville, and of course, there's the anthropomorphic car. We covered Dean Jones back in episode 28 for Ensign O'Toole, Richard Paul in episode 86 for Carter Country, Patricia Hardy in episode 48 for Occasional Wife, and Larry Linville in episode 66 for MASH. Leaving that show was the worst decision he ever made. Claudia Wells was born in Malaysia but grew up in L.A. She made several guest TV appearances before and after this series, as well as having regular roles on Off the Rack and Fast Times, but is best known as Marty McFly's girlfriend in Back to the Future. She left that series and showbiz for decades due to her mother's cancer diagnosis. Elizabeth Shue took over her minor role in the Back to the Future series, although Wells later returned for the video game. Actually, Wells almost didn't get her signature role. She had to drop out due to a pilot commitment, so the filming moved on with Melora Hardin in the role and Eric Stoltz in the lead. Five weeks into filming, the producers decided Stoltz wasn't working out, hiring Michael J. Fox, by which point Wells' pilot had been dropped, making her available. Did you get all that? Anyway, Wells went on to run a clothing store, and still does, while dabbling in indie films and voice work in the 2010s. Douglas Emerson would go on to a regular role on the first season of Beverly Hills 90210. His character killed himself during season two. There were also various guest TV spots, He joined the Air Force in 1993 and planned missions during the Kosovo conflict. Nikki Cat would go on to a regular role over a decade later on Boston Public, as well as films Sister Act, Dazed and Confused, Strange Days, Suburbia, Batman and Robin, School of Rock, Sin City, and Behind the Candelabra, and voice work on The Get Along Gang, King of the Hill, and a Star Wars video game. 
We also need to do a bio for the star of the show, Herbie the Lovebug, an anthropomorphic pearl white fabric sunroofed 1963 Volkswagen racing beetle. He first appeared in an eponymous movie, which became a hit, $51 million box office, the second highest grossing film in 1969, and spawned a franchise for Disney. Dean Jones actually pitched a different concept to Walt Disney. This was the last live-action film made before his death. It was originally a serious look at the first sports car brought to the U.S., but Walt had already bought a book called Car Boy Girl. Volkswagen wouldn't license Disney the rights of the name, so he's just referred to as Herbie, named by co-star Buddy Hackett's character. The 53 number on Herbie is from producer Bill Walsh, a fan of the L.A. Dodgers and Don Drysdale. There would be four sequels, Herbie Rides Again, Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo, Herbie Goes Bananas, and a 2005 reboot, Herbie Fully Loaded, along with a TV movie sequel in 1997. Out of 11 cars used in the films, one sold at auction in 2018 for $128,000. Back to the TV series, the show only lasted five episodes, with Dean Jones and Patricia Hardy's characters going from their first meeting to a wedding by episode four. Guess he really was a love bug. Shockingly, I found an episode online. Disney's lawyers are really dropping the ball here. Dean Jones sings the title song, which is Goofy as All Get Out. The goofiness continues into the episode with Herbie causing all kinds of shenanigans. I'm ODing on whimsy here. We even get a wah-wah sound effect. He's acting as a training car, and since he's the first self-driving automobile, it's pretty easy to ace a driving test. Linville actually plays a bully, which is really not his brand. Of course, they have to compete in a race to save the business. More of 1982's sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm filing this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.